Hello and a warm welcome to another exciting conversation from our podcast series Crafting Your Writing Career Paths and Possibilities brought to you by the Learnerme team. I'm your host Mahua and today we will continue our conversation with Prem Nenan, Director Corporate Communications Fidelity Investments. This is the second and final part of our conversation with Prem. If you are listening to us for the first time, you might want to listen to the first part of this episode on corporate communications. Today we continue to explore the career path of corporate communications with Prem. So without any further delay, let's dive straight into the conversation. Welcome again Prem. It's lovely to have you back on the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you for inviting me. Glad to speak about this. Prem, in the last part of our episode, we discussed an overview of corporate communications, challenges of the career path, and we close with your career journey and your passion projects. So today we will continue our conversation by drawing a reference to your career journey. So Prem, what helped you grow in your career? I would say maybe a cliche answer, but I think for me, in my case, it's just been a lot of hard work, whether it's mentally at nights, early mornings missed weekends, all of that. It's not been easy throughout. There have been good points, there have been highs and lows. And I think secondly, what I've tried to focus on is really building my domain, focusing on my skills and trying to build about the areas in which I could do the improvement. And that could be more on the soft skill side. Trying to absorb anything that I can learn from all over. It can be any subject, but I think as as this uh, name is trying to build the learner in me and the always eager student, inquisitive student, which I probably, I confess, well, I wasn't so in school or college, but I've really become more of a learner here in, in my career, trying to learn as much as I can in any subject. No subject is off limits. I have made changes in my career from a journalist to where I am now. What I've been true to is the field of communications, whether it is in the media or in the corporate side of things. Uh, so that I think has held through throughout. And I think very disparate roles, for instance, I was to jump into say engineering or something. I don't, I don't dissuade people from doing that, but I think you have to have some thread that connects the whole thing. And I feel that is very crucial. So for me, the thread of communications has really stayed true throughout. Yeah. So you have become a learner now compared to your school days. And I believe learning becomes easier because you're able to relate it to the kind of work that you're doing. That's right. We have so much of AI that has come into play. What are your thoughts on that? As with any other technology, the fear of technology replacing human beings is as old as history itself. What has come clear is that technology has always been only an enabler. And the more technology is advanced, the more opportunities are there for human beings. Because it enables one part of your life, it makes you do things faster. When, when we had the dial-up connections in the internet, where things were just slow. We got used to that circle going around and around, saying buffering. But now things move so fast. That has, any, that has freed up time for you to do other things. The, a writer and their original thought cannot be replaced. AI just supplements what you do. It's just an enabler, an accelerator uh, more than anything else. So yeah, I look forward to using more AI tools and seeing how they can be used. When you're working on something which is mundane, routine work, how do you keep yourself motivated? Yes, that's a great question. I think a planner always helps. Make sure you're not getting caught up in that task for a very long period of time. See where you can become more efficient as far as you're getting those done and maybe periods when, when you're maybe relaxing a little bit or you have a little more time, get those out of the way and then get back to other things, you know, depending on the priority and the, the nature of the 
task. I keep a desktop sticky note, a lot of sticky notes which have different timelines for them. So the, the smaller ones, they can get buried down your inbox. So keep them on a sticky notes. And uh, as you get done, you keep saying done, done, done. And you feel like you made progress. Again, coming back to organizing your day, planning your activities. So we'll delve a little deeper into the field of corporate communication now. Um, so what I find interesting, Prem, is that you write a communication content and that is written for mass audience. The audience age group is really, really diverse. So how do you write or structure your communication such that it is relatable, relevant to everybody? Right, right. That's a very good question because anything that you write has to cater to a big audience, especially when you work in a global organization. The diversity can be in a culture, the region, or age, gender, all of these things can come into play right? as you write a message. Make it simple enough for everyone to understand. Everyone appreciates when it's easy to understand. And nobody is going to complain. Even the most erudite scholar or you know the top most learned person in your organization is not going to complain. There's a place for colorful writing. You have competitions or contests or fun initiatives. But organizational communication, that's not a place to be colorful as you write day in and day out more and more pieces of communication. You ensure that you're keeping everyone, all sensitivities in mind. The message is clear, it's objective, it's concise. You're not beating around the bush, you're getting straight to the point. And that comes uh, with practice. When you're objective, all aspects of your audience are covered, diversity of your audience is covered. So I think that should be a good formula. When you're writing a communication content, is it primarily textual or do you also have different formats of content pieces? Yes, yes, definitely different pieces of content. And it depends on the medium again. If you're writing a memo, it's completely text. You don't use infographics much in, in that case. But generally speaking, if you're writing more extensive communication and depending on the platform, if it's a digital platform, social media platforms, then of course, more visual, shorter text, more images, videos, all of those things. So for a variety of formats at your disposal, you choose a medium based on your audience and the requirement of that particular piece of communication. Sometimes you have to be able to, to think visually. So that reflects in your writing as well. And then, of course, there will be place for using infographics and images, videos, GIFs as well now, and animations, all of that, right? So however you're able to get the, the audience's attention and not lose it. So you're, you definitely work with the team in the sense that you have to interact with visual designers and maybe some other technical folks That's uh, right. to be able to create the final message that you want to deliver to the external or internal world. And I think you need to be able to trust the experts. There's a limit to which you try your skills, but it's important for every communicator to think visually. You need to know a little bit of design also, tools as well. You can't shy away from making presentations or even visual things. I know how. You package content in a way that audiences are able to receive it the best manner possible. When you're hands-on, you know what is involved. And then you also start thinking more visually. You know how information works and where to put what. And so when you're telling a designer, you can exactly explain what you have in mind. Right? So that's very important. You have to realize when to call in the experts and when to do something on your own. When the, the designer knows exactly what you want and they're able to bring it out. That's a beautiful thing to see. So coming back to the team activity, although you as a corporate communicator, you have a certain role to play in terms of delivering the communication content. You are working with a set of resources to be able to create the best visually appealing message as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Paul, now coming to the career path and possibilities, here 
in many career options, team responsibilities or people management responsibilities come very soon. Like you join as a executive and after a few years, if you are able to lead a team, you are given that people management responsibility. So that's part of natural career progression. Here, what is the case? Do you continue in an individual contributor role for a long time or does people responsibility also come fairly soon in your career? Like any other field, people and responsibilities do come along the way and it depends on the organization the organization structure as a team sometimes you have various levels of expertise in different areas right so in some areas you're you're managing a certain aspect in that team as an individual contributor in other in other times you are being managed by somebody else who has greater expertise in that area of work so there are various levels of uh, managing people and then you're managing stakeholders is also a way of managing people Right. When you bring communities together in an organization and you, you drive various efforts or initiatives, right? you have to manage people in that regard also and know what works and what doesn't. But as far as maybe reporting relationships, etc., yes, it depends on the organization, depends on how the teams are set up. Definitely, I think it is important for you to get that exposure as you progress in your career to be able to manage people it's very important because at some point you will have to have some experience in managing people effectively because team structures and management is changing with time and it's no longer top down everyone is empowered everyone at every level is a leader in some way so you cannot be a dictatorial that does not work anymore as far as management style is concerned so you have to be taking people along if you are in a place where say you are required to be an individual contributor and you're a team of individual contributors very often that's the case right and but you may manage somebody or some group of people or some, at some point in time and i think everyone is doing that in some way. so even if you are not really carrying a designation you are managing people in different ways interesting that's right you are taking responsibility of certain tasks and uh, there are times when you are reporting to others for certain tasks so that way it's happening but yeah i know there are people who are not quite willing to take up people responsibilities because it takes away time from whatever uh, individually they are supposed to be completing so some people prefer to remain in individual contributor role versus uh, people management responsibilities as well so here what I'm hearing is you have both the options. Definitely, it will depend on the organization structure wherever you are working. That's right. That's right. And in terms of transitions or your navigation path, if you are working in a fintech organization, from there, if you move to auto manufacturing organization, which is like a completely different field. So there, as a communication professional, does it impact you or can you easily move from one domain to one type of industry to another type of industry? That's another great question. Writings and communications is more like a horizontal you have to be uh, that kind of a versatile writer that you can move into any space. Today, I may be in a, in a technology organization or tomorrow I may be in a, a manufacturing or in a financial services organization. It doesn't really matter. Your core skill you take with you and that's what you keep sharpening all the time. And you have to understand the domain very important. Now, I may be, say, in a financial services organization, but that deals with technology. You have to understand technology very well. Very much. You can't just understand financial services. You have to be open to learning anything. So I believe as a writer, you need to really get into the subject if you want to write a good piece in a way that is understandable to anyone. And I, when I tell people in, in my organization who write 
say for LinkedIn, your audience always remember it's not a technical audience. If you're writing a technical piece, you have to make it understand that anyone in any field, that's the effectiveness of a good writer. So I think it doesn't matter whichever profession you are, get into the domain, immerse yourself in the domain, understand what it's about. Then you'll be able to bring out communication formats and pieces of work that are able to cater to that particular industry. The formats remain the same, still using English words, you're still using newsletters, print or digital or and videos, audio, whatever, whatever you, you might choose to use. Of course, it may differ, right? In a manufacturing organization, maybe you will use more print newsletters because you may not want to use too much digital at that point or other organizations may use more digital. The format may change, but otherwise the basic message and medium remains the same. So, yeah, I think absolutely you can transition to anything. And I think you constantly work at your craft to do that. Wherever you are, constantly write about different subjects. And I think you should be good wherever you are placed. Are there any other fields of work that you can move out to? Yes, yes. So, I think as you go through your career, management roles are definitely possible. You can switch uh, verticals also if you have had some experience in that regard. Like if you may be, say, good in finance at some point, you can get into that or any other profession in which you have a skill. If it matches your skill, I think you can absolutely switch to that. I wouldn't do it myself because I think from my career standpoint, it works more to be in the communication stream. I wouldn't do something too dramatic, but I don't think it's a bad thing to do. You can definitely do that, but whatever makes sense for you in that space. But if you want to continue in the communication stream, you can also think of marketing, communication, or even marketing, advertising. There's so many things uh, you can join. You can work in a, a marketing company or an ad agency or a, or a content agency. You can form your own company. A lot of people do that also. They become entrepreneurs and start their own co- uh, agencies. Somebody who wants to come into corporate communication, what are the entry-level requirements? So I think in the past, some organizations would look at your academic record and uh, you have uh, you have good grades in, in your school and college. That, that would be one consideration. So again, some organizations may still consider that. But generally in corporate communications, what they look for the most is verbal and written skills, communication skills. That's your top requirement. So if you've done a course in that and uh, if you have samples, I think it's always very important. Because your profile could be very curated on LinkedIn or otherwise your resume. But when you actually come into the job, your writing may be quite, quite different. So if you have written samples to show, that's always beneficial. So I always carry samples when I go for any interview. If you've shown yourself to be a keen learner and somebody who has an appetite to pick up new skills, so you've learned the whole Microsoft Office suite of products, the more skills that you can add to that, or you've done a special a courses, certification courses, if you add that onto your resume, that's always a plus. So as a pressure, I can understand about written sample and uh, yeah, that will help them approach a employer when they're looking for a job. If somebody wants to create a learning path for themselves for a career progression as a communication professional. So let's begin from a fresher who has joined the organization. So what should be their uh, key learning focus areas? When you enter the profession, your focus areas should always be on sharpening your skills in writing and communication. So I think any course that can sharpen your writing and uh, communication skills, is you should uh, pursue those. There are courses that take you through the different types of communication requirements, whether it is for digital or print or, uh, or thing, public relations, right? uh, whatever the field may be. And they, they teach you all of that. Digital marketing courses generally cover all of that. So those should be your focus areas. Right? What are audiences looking for? 
especially in a corporate context and how can you tailor the message according to the format and the medium and the audience right what are the principles involved learn about different areas of communication it may not always be directly related to what you're doing but it, it will be helpful and how about mid career professionals what should they be focusing on i think mid mid career i mean see by then you've learned on the job so if you want to get into a, more of a management role then you might want to do advanced courses say you could do executive management courses and things like that out of interest uh, i would just say learn whatever you can on any subject whatever interests you there are so many tailored courses now at this point so you have to just keep learning all the time and you will not get time also dedicate or carve out some time for you in the week it's not for showing certifications but for just building the your knowledge repository now prema when you are transitioning from mid career to senior uh, professional you would have learned the basic skills from your job right but the softer skills become more and more important so that's right uh, how to prioritize how to manage conflicts how to manage stakeholders so those are maybe some of the things that people can focus on as they grow in their career apart from all the other certifications courses that you mentioned yes yes that comes with that and i think uh, it's better when you start entering leadership mid level man- management itself these courses become very important it's good to do these soft skill learning even at a entry level because these are things that are built over time when you reach a leadership position uh, at that point it's difficult to pick up skills because you're you're established and you're set in your ways but these are so so important and many people are may not be equipped to manage leadership responsibilities or may, in a way that they will do it in the, the style that appeals to them but it may not be always ideal you may not get the best results from it uh, so you have to know what are the principles that work what are the skills that are required and that has to be built over time i think good to start early there's no right or wrong time to start start early in your career to learn these things you can't learn these things all, always through courses you, so but courses help you think in a certain way that you may not be tuned to thinking because it, it is not your natural style of your personality and all of those things so some of these things have to be learned some have to be unlearned right a lot unlearning is which is the more difficult thing to do so when your personality clashes with how you have to be that is sometimes the most difficult thing to do. so what are some of the common performance challenges that you have observed in uh, communication professionals when it comes to the actual skill is it's writing and communicating and not everyone is always at the same level of being able to do that that is something that you perfect over time and even in a senior position you have to communicate to stakeholders and it's not always formal communication sometimes a lot of different stakeholders involved and you have to keep them updated on the progress on a certain initiative thing and you're doing that all the time throughout the day right sometimes you're just replying to stakeholders all the time but i think that is how people are going to be assessing you how do you interact with them on a day to day basis more than your actual output sometimes you may write a good piece of article but how do you send an email to them finally that it gets turned to that basic level and if you are not keeping the right tone because you're writing mails all the time right sometimes and you have very smooth through the day but you have to be equanimous in your final email to them you can't reveal your frustrations or your your high points or your happiness and all you have to still be objective and tell the right things i think it comes down to that basic level that's sometimes that's more important than even other things when it comes to your performance would you recommend any forums that corporate communication people should join so that they get to know more about the current trends and what's happening in the corporate communication field of work i would say be on linkedin join these writers networks and uh, there are so many of them good ones even join journalism networks because those have different perspective you can follow them and be a part of them contribute to them and uh, be a part of some blogging network so you can contribute blogs you can build a community there build your own networks there 
And through that, you can get more exposure and then you will learn of other networks that you can be a part of. So I try to be a part of as many groups as I can. But if you're an introvert, but you have to speak to people all the time, one good place to join is the, the Toastmasters, where you're made to practice to speak in front of a crowd. So all your shyness goes. I was not a good speaker myself, nor, nor I, am I still, but I was, was, I'm not part of the Toastmasters, but I've done some videos of myself sometimes as part of my work. And that has actually helped me become more articulate in, in one way or the other. So it becomes important to know how to do that. You, you have to bring yourself out of your shell. If you're an extrovert, sometimes you have to know when to stop talking. Any specific habits or routine that you follow that you think helps in your career journey? And sometimes writing something apart from work, that'll be very good. To unwind a little bit with digital OTT platforms, but not too much of it because I think it takes off the edge a little bit from your mental capabilities. But do watch some good shows, documentaries, some nice uh, TV shows, some good stories, you know, whatever suits your fancy. It always helps you as a storyteller, get exposed to different types of stories. So watch them in different languages as well. Read as much as I can. Reading, writing, uh, spend time for relaxation. And I always carve out some time for my family because the work never ends, right? So all, all, all of these things are some good habits. But build a, I can't say a schedule is always very easy, but some kind of habit into your routines that you do on a day-to-day basis. Good habits. Because the bad habits, you will repeat unconsciously. But the good ones, try and build it into your day. I, I thought my work schedule is too critical and I thought I could not gym, but my wife said, no, let's do it and let's just put it in the morning. I found strangely, yes, if you want to do something, you can we'll make the time for it. And I did it and it's and it's working, right? It's it's good for my health. I think it'll take me much further in life by, by doing those good things. So good habits, you can and you will find time for it. Sir, Paul, you are an avid reader. It's very clear. You keep uh, talking about, in fact, in your early days also, you were reading, writing, and it has continued until now. So are there any books that you would like to recommend reading? Yeah, I would say, uh, I think any uh, biography of any leaders, whether it is Steve Jobs or or any of the others, I think it's very important to to read these biographies, what they went through and their personalities and how did they react and how you should probably react or not react uh, when faced with situations. I, I think a book that I definitely recommend is Freakonomics. Oh, okay. Freakonomics is a very interesting book. Different disciplines, but it shows you how you can apply the economic principles in whatever you do and how you can dis- discover the numbers behind anything right, and how they can be used to your advantage. Basically, how do you make the best of any situation and learning from that? Freakonomics is a very good one. I read a book called Creativity Incorporated, but it was about the animation industry and the animated movie industry, uh, Pixar. It's written by Ed Catmull, a very interesting book. He worked with Steve Jobs as well, so I found that very interesting. I read a lot of fiction as well. P.G. Woodhouse is my favorite. So you balance it with a lot of fiction. I think as you go through your career, the fiction comes down a little bit. At least in my case, the list of nonfiction books is increasing. I read the Seven Habits uh, series by Stephen Covey. I think that's very good to read. I bought a book called Psychology 101. That's another different series of books. So I read that. Then for fun, I read uh, the whole Scott Adams, all the Dilberts series because he, he talks about management in a fun way. So the books, and I'm not, not talking about the comics, but those are also fun to read. And then I read a lot of spiritual books as well because I have a spiritual side to me. Philosophy is a subject that interests me. So I, there's a book called Philosophy 101. There are so, so many books out there that you can read. So yeah. Thank you. You gave an exhaustive list. So yeah, I'm quite interested to pick this book, Freakonomics. So Prem, the last question will be, if you have to hire somebody for the role of corporate communication, who is an ideal candidate for you? What would you look for? So definitely, uh, you'd be expecting me to say 
written and verbal communication skills so that's a given <laughs> that's a given i would say yeah. so i think that's a basic you need to be good at writing and uh, spoken communication so i would i would see are you able to articulate in the interview you're able to express your thoughts clearly and confidently right now not everyone is confident but i think to some level of confidence comes when you from your domain so that combination is very clear as you speak to the person but i think more than that we always say hire for attitude before and and then aptitude so aptitude is highly important but i think attitude is even more important i like to work with a person whose attitude is positive and good and you can gauge that from the conversation with a person who's eager to learn who's who has no airs about him or herself that that kind of thing that is very passionate to do and passion is one thing that i think is very crucial if the person passion comes out clearly that especially when you're hiring an entry level person if you don't have passion then I, that's it's difficult to work out the passion work up the passion later but it's not impossible because sometimes people i know of cases where people who have probably not known or got into a career in initially and then later on in life found the passion of the career that it, it can always be developed but i think passion it's there somewhere new that comes through in your attitude to work so i think that's very important attitude i would look for and then aptitude i think creatively that spark is there that i think is very important creativity is very important also so attitude aptitude creativity and that holds true for mid career as well absolutely yes at any point in your career attitude is highly important i would always hire for attitude more than anything else yeah so when you say attitude could you elaborate a little more on that yeah yeah so as i mentioned a positive and a good attitude a, a person who doesn't have i think ego is a good thing to have but not too much of it right because that will at some point that will take over and really hinder what you have to do another point i forgot to mention is hands on a person who's hands on because you can't some people just want to to think they i mean not not very hands on in what they do because unless you're hands on you cannot be a good leader later on in life so somebody who says yes i've done this or that and i've tried various things so that attitude to try various things but you're humble about it and you're eager to learn all the time you're curious about it you're inquisitive all of these things are make for a good attitude right no ego curious inquisitive happy positive person right deep sometimes you can be deep you don't have to be very knowledgeable but you can be deep knowledge can be picked up along the way by exposing yourself to different subject matters the different subjects topics and all of that so but depth can come from from your attitude again because you you're a deep person because you think a lot about other people you're deeply empathetic as well depth comes from empathy when you're empathetic you're thinking about other people and how what they call the golden rule right do do unto others as you would want them to do to you so that's what empathy is how would you want yourself to be treated you want you treat others that way so stay humble always stay curious stay hungry all all of these things i think make for a good attitude so paul we have come to an end of this conversation and thank, thank you. you for giving us so much of your time is there anything you would like to leave everybody with yes yes thank you it's been such an engaging conversation thank you mohan for, for uh, listening to me what all all that i had to say and i think i would always say to anyone whatever profession you are continue to stay curious stay humble and know how much you don't know i think that is very important because that will take you far in life and what do i mean by far in life there will be so many challenges that come your way there may be you know on either side but i think you don't be too eager to get somewhere 
in a hurry to say, I, I want to be a CEO tomorrow. And so I do everything and I jump over people, I step over people, I, I do this, that, and I do all the wrong things. And then I may get to that also. But I didn't leave a good legacy there. So I think my most important thing for me is to leave a good legacy, whatever you do. A legacy where, where after you die, people say, I, you know, that I learned something from that person. May not have been a world changer, but he made an impact on me. He or she made an impact on me. I think a legacy is so important. Stay always hungry and passionate and eager to learn and humble and empathetic towards people if you have to. So do what you have to do. Whatever challenges come your way, just keep going. Like the poem says, men may come and men may go, but I go on for it, right? And what, what that means is you just stay on your path, keep at it and think, do, do what is right and right things will happen. And you will reach your destiny that was intended for you and you'll be happy about it and you will feel fulfilled at the end. You will leave a legacy I think that was longer than anything else that I said. <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you, Prem. As we wrap up today's episode, I sincerely hope that you have found this conversation both valuable and enlightening. Your thoughts and comments are invaluable to us. If you have questions or seek more insights into corporate communications, please don't hesitate to drop us a message. We'll make an effort to address those queries in a future episode featuring another seasoned professional from the corporate communications field. Your engagement fuels our growth and content direction. Thank you for being an essential part of our community. If you have enjoyed our episode today, don't forget to hit the like button and do share it with friends, colleagues, or anyone you believe could benefit from our conversation. Moreover, consider subscribing to our channel to receive notifications of upcoming episodes as soon as they are released. Thank you once again for tuning in. Wish you a wonderful day ahead.